Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We're back to another week's Ask Engineer. We've uh, we took last week off. Well, we didn't take it off. We actually changed we, the format. That's right. We are broadcasting important messages from our team. Um, we've had hundred days of what this pandemic has been. Yeah. And then we had another pandemic, which is everyone realizing that racism has been a huge problem and a lot of people want to do something about it, and so we wanted to use our platforms to get our team's message out. And you saw some of the photos um, that we just had in some of the video. Um, Lady Aid and I go to protest. Uh, this is an important message that our team and us that we wanted to get out, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but we are back. We just did the show and tell. That's right. Got to ask an engineer. Last week, you had your city council meeting. Yes. So no show and tell for you. Next week, you have a city council meeting, but it's not at the same time as show and tell. So we'll be back to Yay. doing show and tell yes, they next week as well. Every week. And then this week we have an action-packed engineer, ask an engineer with um, probably one of the biggest shows Double that videos. we've, we've, we've uh, done in a long time. Double noobs. So this is... Uh, you got to get right into it. So this is it. Okay. Yeah. On tonight's show, a reminder, we are shipping. We're shipping safe and more. This is Adabot. Adabot has a mask on. We have been opening up safe and smart. We are already an essential business, but now the rest of uh, New York, including New York City, is part of phase one of reopening. That means manufacturing, real estate, non-essential retail, and so more of our team is coming back on site. That means more products in the store, and that means more shipping as well. Um, all of us at Adafruit, thank you. This is a pre-COVID-19 photo, just a reminder. Um, this is all of us up on our roof. Um, we all thank you for supporting us during this time. Um, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Uh, it was so important and, and uh, special that we've heard from the uh, community. They're like, I want to order a gift certificate. I'm going to place an order, ship when you can. So that really sustained us over this period. We didn't need to do any layoffs, no furloughing, no cut hours. Um, everybody at Adafruit has uh, received their full salaries, paid. Uh, everything uh, has been there for them to get through this time to help their families. And then the other thing is things like our remote team members or even the folks, uh, the cleaning service that they grew up with us 
at Adafruit. Uh, we made sure that we were taking care of them as well. So thank you so much, everybody. Um, we very much appreciate it. Love your orders. Love to ship stuff to you. We're doing it in the safe way as possible. And um, please continue to do that because yes. <laughs> we have important things to do and your orders help out with that. So we all thank you from Adafruit. Okay. On tonight's show, we're going to talk about show and tell, people around the world showing and sharing their projects. There's a lot of people come by. That's right. GP, we have some sneak preview and more. It's a make code minute. Um, we have the Circuit Python, Python on hardware, MicroPython, Python goes everywhere newsletter video edition. Thanks for that Katney. Katney will be doing. We'll either show, I'll probably show that towards the end of the show. Time travel, look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers, and important things that we want to get the word out on. Main New York City factory footage and things that are going on in New York and more. Got some 3D printing, and we have everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit present, Ion MPI. We got some new products, we got some top secret, and then we answer your questions over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join 20,000 of us over this last three months. Um, thousands of people have joined, and this turned into their virtual 24-7 hackerspace that everyone is welcome. So thank you so much, everyone, for making this a great community. Um, we'll talk about that, all that, and more on Moscow Engineer. Yes. All right. Let's go, 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 We're go. We're gonna go, go, go. Um, we'll get back to doing discount codes soon. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, sorry we didn't have one over the break, but uh, you know, every dollar counted. We also um, had to go through some heavy stuff together as a company, as a culture, as a city, as a state, as a nation. So it felt weird about, uh, you know, how, why would we have a discount code? What would it be? But we'll get back to it soon. We'll also get back to sending out stickers yeah. and more for people on show and tell. Get so the phone set of, up here. I'll have a payphone here. Um, we'll also be back at the factory at night soon too. Um, so show and tell. People around the world showing showing their projects. Lady Ada, who's on the show and tell this week, and what did they share? I'm glad you asked. I wrote them all down. Okay, JP came by. Sorry. Uh, before JP, David from Digi came by. David Sandys, our BFF over at Big River Falls, came by and showed a presentation with some cool new drone footage from the warehouse. Uh, talked about the conveyors and their new warehouse that they're building. And also wanted to promote some Hackaday I.O. contests that they're doing. Check out Hackaday.io or uh, digikey.com for the, the various contests. They have contests about and, and projects for making uh, PP and masks at home, doing tech at home. And then, of course, the Hackaday Prize is coming up, and they will be the sponsor for that as well. So it's yeah. good stuff. And uh, one thing worth mentioning, said it on the show and tell, um, but if y'all are wondering how uh, companies can work together and what's the future of engineering and what it looks like to uh, have a great partner that you get to watch live, essentially. Like, you, you all know DigiKey, you all know Adafruit. We started yeah. working together a few years ago. Um, I want to thank the entire DigiKey team. Um, we needed to get products out. We need to do lots of things over the last, you know, 100-plus days. And uh, DigiKey has not only been a great partner, but they're great friends. And we had things like a buy button for products that, uh, you know, you can always get them from our distributors, from Aero to Mauser, but also, of course, DigiKey. Um, they were able to help us out with getting the products that, their customers wanted, that our customers wanted to get right away, and so we were able to partner up and do that. So thank you everyone at DigiKey for, uh, like so I said, good. being good partners, but also really good friends. And we launched a bunch of cool projects together, like the Great Search, and we've done Yeah, we're doing that, and then INMPI is another big one. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All right. All right. All right, so um, thank you, David, for coming by. We love having DigiKey uh, give us the news. Oh, he also showed off the cool UV uh, bulb um, 
decontamination yeah. tunnel. And that, they're and they're sharing what they build with other companies too, open source style. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, JP uh, came by and showed off this week's uh, guide project, which is an itsy bitsy powered Kibo uh, PCB. That's um, a, a PCB that adapts like a Raspberry Pi hat to an itsy bitsy. And then um, it's uh, the Pimeroni Kibo that does like RGB LEDs, and he made a little keyboard with it um, based on uh, their hardware. So that's really nice, a nice collaboration there. Uh, he also showed off uh, next week's project, which is going to be a DIY protest sign using LED matrices. Uh, we added CircuitPython support for LED matrices recently, which means that we can um, make um, graphics or text very, very easily now on an RGB matrix. Um, almost, you know, no wiring, just plug in one of our Featherwing adapters, plug the feather into the back, drag some files over, and they appear. Um, so that's really cool, so we showed that off, and that'll be next week's project. Nan Pedro showed off uh, last week's 3D print project, which was a camera case for the Raspberry Pi. So you could attach the new HQ Pi camera uh, and then also a lens adapter to adapt uh, Canon lenses to it. They also showed off this week's project, which is a collaboration with Blitz City DIY Liz. It's a guitar tuner based on a Pi portal, something that Liz wanted because she was tuning her guitar a lot and was like, I don't want to go to a website, I can just make my own, which is cool. Melissa is uh, back to working on adding display I.O. support to Blinka so that Linux boards will be able to take advantage of um, all the Pi Portal and Display or projects that we've put together. Um, so this week she showed off the bonnet and she's got like rotation added and she's doing like text and graphics. Um, so slowly but surely we're getting there. Uh, Jepler is um, showed off, uh, he wanted to build a project to demo a multiple MP3 file playback. So he added MP3 support to CircuitPython. It's also really cool because it's a compressed file format so you can fit a lot more audio onto uh, our dev boards that only have like two megabytes of flash space. And uh, he also made it so you could play multiple MP3s at the same time, um, overlaying sound, which is uh, very powerful and cool. Um, and so he built a Neo Trellis, um, like a fret grid uh, with uh, different chords and um, uh, notes on each one. And so when you play, when you press multiple buttons, it plays a chord. So just a good cool. demo showing, like, here's how you can test MP3 playback. Are showing the power of what CircuitPython, how far it's come? It's, cool. it's You know how hard it is to have, like, something where you play, like, four nodes simultaneously and it, like, hand, like you don't have to yeah. play them at the same time. Like, one starts and then the other starts and it ends. So not easy, and then you have to mix them together um, without um, clipping. Uh, okay, next up, Christ, uh, Crystal Stans from Erin. She's uh, doing some more NeoPixel make code projects um, with her vinyl cut crystals. Uh, Dan Halbert has been working hard on porting um, our BLEIO library from CircuitPython um, back to Python uh, using Blinka. You'll see like a, a pattern here like we'll, we'll write some code that's very powerful for a microcontroller and then back port it to the desktop or write some code on the desktop and then front port it to CircuitPython. Um, trying to connect these two ways of programming microcontroller and microcomputer or desktop um, to combine like one into one unified Python experience, which I think will be neat because it's very hard to use BLE devices on the desktop. Um, it's just, it's always been a super difficult thing to do. And we wrote all these libraries for BLEIO and circuit Python. So we thought, wouldn't it be great if you could use those libraries to do like heart rate monitor measurements or, uh, you know, temperature sensor measurements. And um, Dan 
has been doing a great job. He demoed a BLE light bulb, which is our, our first BLEIO project where you just send an RGB message to this off-the-shelf light bulb and it changes color. So he showed that you could write a script and run it on your Linux computer and it would use the built-in uh, Bluetooth module to do that. So this is, uh, anyone who's dealt with blues uh, knows ex how amazing it is to not have to use blues. Um, I don't know what to say. I just hate the, I hate the absence of something is it's amazement. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's just blues has just been just a terrible. It's just one of the. I mean, Windows Seven just didn't even have Bluetooth, so I don't know. I mean, like it's just bad from the beginning. Um, but I'm really excited uh, because it's something we've wanted to do, and, and we've got a couple of libraries ported over, and he's he's got a big PR, and then tomorrow I'm going to test it. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Phil B. came by with a record of a recording from 1965 of Stravinsky's Firebird Suite and explained the story of why he has this. It has to do with samplers. It has to do with hundreds of um, songs, both like hip-hop and pop, um, songs that were recorded in the 1980s as well as um, MIDI um, instrument definitions and uh, a sound effect that you that is is like the Wilhelm scream scream of uh, orchestra hits. Yeah. So watch it because I I can't explain it as well as he does. Scott came by and showed off his election calendar. Um, it will create iCal files or JSON files to tell you in your county when your next elections are. Check it out at electioncal.us. Yep. It's privacy respecting. You can send links to people. You don't have to register. You don't have to give them your name. Yeah, it's really neat to watch people build all these sites too, like based on GitHub. And, and Scott was helping the defund12.org folks right. with uh, GitHub Actions. So Similar. It's check like it you, out. You, you scroll down defund12.us. It tells yeah. you, you know, who are the people in your county or your city to contact. Um, yeah. to tell them that you want to you know, defund the police department in your area or you want reform in your area. Um, so he's going to be back to ESP32S2 shortly. Uh, check out his weekly streams on Friday for that. Uh, Brian added uh, bumping tunes to his car because his phone doesn't have a headphone jack anymore, so he uh, hacked together a Bluetooth audio transmitter with a 12-volt buck converter. Also, Orlando's working on a Bluetooth audio board. He's bringing it up, having some noise issues, going to debug it. Uh, Liz uh, showed off an upcoming game called Blink-A-Jump on the Pi Portal, or Pi Gamer, and Geekmon Projects um, did a DIY Nano Leaf build uh, that looks amazing using diffused acrylic and NeoPixels. All right. Check that out. All participants on the Show and Tell will get a Show and Tell sticker in the future. Um, we'll be back to doing that shortly, um, so thanks for hanging in there, and we'll be able to do that soon. It's part of our Adafruit Live series of shows. Not only do we have Show & Tell every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Ask an Engineer, but we're watching now at 8 p.m. So we have JP Show, which is tomorrow. So we're going to show a couple little previews of what JP, JP is going to show this week, and then also a little uh, mini video of the update to the blaster that he made. So let's uh, check those out, and then we'll see you on the other side and play some Make a Minute. This is the 2020 edition of the Lucio Blaster. It's now based on CircuitPython running on a Feather M4 with a prop maker Featherwing and three small amps for these speakers and this large speaker with this medium speaker running right off the prop maker. 
all the NeoPixels are running off of the PropMaker's driver for NeoPixels. We've got an on-off switch. We've got a mode switch. We have a trigger, an alt trigger, and we can tilt this forward and backward for two special effects. Let's check it out. All right, and then every Tuesday we have Make Hood Live with John Parkin. Wait, also. is this a new graphic? This is a new graphic. That's cool. Yeah, a cool little puzzle piece and all the um, nice little pixel art there. I like that. And you can learn all about Make Code. Go to makecode.adafruit.com and also, of course, makecode.com. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the Make Code newsletter uh, record subscriptions. Yeah. The latest one just went it's, out. It's coming, becoming one of the top newsletters. It's a thing. Yeah. And um, a lot of. Uh, Beginner programmers, all the way to pros, are starting to see the power of MakeCode. Drag and drop programming can use JavaScript. It can also do static Python. So with that being said, uh, every week JP does a segment called Make Code Minute. Take it away, JP. Yay. For the Make Code Minute today, I wanted to show a couple of new features in the beta version of Make Code that I love, that make your life so much easier when working in your block code. And what you'll see is we have kind of a new look here, which is a code block with three little dots inside it to indicate that there's something hidden in there, as well as this down arrow. Uh, and so if I click on this down arrow, it's going to expand out these blocks. Uh, and so that helps me when I want to go in and work on, edit the code inside of here. But when it's set and I don't want to deal with it and I've got a lot of clutter because my code is getting to be large, what we can do is simply right click anywhere on that outer block and choose collapse block. And that will hide the contents away, but it runs absolutely the same as usual. So it's, it's just a visual uh, sanity type of feature. Now, uh, Another feature I really like is you'll notice sometimes your code as you're working can get sort of spread out around the canvas. And up until now, I usually zoom way out, find things, try to move them in closer. So this feature I really love is called Format Code. If I right click in the canvas anywhere and type format or click on Format Code, it simply reorganizes everything in the state it was in uh, to fill a small area right in front of you. So I can use that to get everything in front of me. I can also use it to clean up if I expand a bunch of blocks, they're gonna overlap. If you'll notice when I uh, start opening blocks, they're on top of each other. So right click, format code, and we get a little bit of space there. We can also combine these two tricks. So if I want to expand everything, I can right click in the canvas and choose expand blocks. That will expand everything. And I can right click and choose format code and that will uh, neaten everything up. If I now want to go back to a compact view, I can right click, collapse blocks, it'll collapse all the blocks, and then I can again right click 
and format code, and it puts everything neatly in a little cluster. And I absolutely love this. So uh, that is a little tip that you can use in the beta to make life easier working inside of the blocks. And that is your Make Code Minute. All right. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 4 p.m. for JP's workshop. Um, stay tuned. Towards the end of the show, we're going to be playing the Python hardware newsletter. And next up is time travel. So uh, there's a lot going on. And what I wanted to do is give everyone a snapshot of what's going on in New York City, what's mm -hmm. going on in New York State, what's going on even in our country, and also um, Adafruit as a company and culture. So Adafruit's always looked at as a model for diversity and being inclusive, not only um, on the inside, but also outside. So when you look at us as a company, uh, when you look at our about page, it's very clear um, we have everyone represented. Yeah. And that's something that's just been part of the DNA of the company since the very beginning. And when we've all became devastated and crushed when we saw the video of George Floyd being murdered by the police, our team said, we have to do something. And what we decided together was it can't just be a hashtag. It can't just be brand statement on Twitter. We actually want to do action. We're a group of people that does action. That's right. We and write guides. We release hardware. We, we do don't just something. talk about it. We do it. We do something. And so um, if you go to our website, adafruit.com, um, you always see things like Immigrant Heritage Month in this month. You always see things like it's Pride Month. You see the type of things that we do. Uh, social justice has been part of Adafruit always. And so now, not only is there an alert up at the top, but you'll see Black Lives Matter. And this is our action page. This is what internally we're doing in Adafruit, but just like Adafruit style, adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. So the first thing we did is let's make sure we mobilize and the officers at the time, they uh, weren't arrested, weren't, in, uh, weren't indicted yet. Um, we wanted to have that as part of what our company said, let's make phone calls, let's hit the streets, let's do things, make our voices heard. So this is a culmination of 135 people all coming together and saying, here's the partnerships that are important to us. So we, in the past, we did Black Girls Code. Um, we did a buy one, give one. Uh, we have our next batch of uh, products going out right now to them. Um, we have a guide on being safe at protests. There's technology involved. There's a link across every single page. There's fundraisers that it was important to the team. Um, there are petitions you can sign. There's specific blog posts. We have a category, Black Lives Matter. And these are voices from the people at Adafruit. Mm -hmm. These are the voices of the people who don't have a voice anymore. Um, there's petitions. Uh, there's people who still, their families haven't gotten justice. There's things like, here's the Judiciary Committee and a video about your politician and how they're talking about things. Mm -hmm. And so if you look, this is something that, it's a snapshot in time, and I think we're going to look back years from now and say, wow, we did something. Our team came together. We, we Action has happened. Mm -hmm. So um, here's uh, Times Square. We were there on Sunday. This was the Greater New York Black Lives Matter event. Um, I try to take photos with the, so it's respectful that no one's face gets in it because, you know, there's um, always talk about, well, just make sure, you know, you know, take pictures of people's faces. So I use this blurring tool if I happen to see a face. Um, and we have an article about that. Um, but just to give you an idea, all, this, 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 it was such a big event 
over the last two weeks, every single day, people were hitting the streets and making their voice heard. Um, and then, of course, uh, this is uh, Lady Ada here at Union Square, and uh, this was the photo from the article we did on how to do face blurring mm -hmm. and how to do mm -hmm. uh, keep your phone safe. And then we're technologists, so he said, great. We have all this technology. People use our products for displays, for signs. How can we show them that they can get their message, their, the important things to them? Because some of these signs that you see at protests are great, but when it gets dark, you can't see them. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we can make a sign and show people how to make signs. And this one, uh, this is a heavy one because these are the names of people that were killed by the police. And we have this on our webpage, but this pulls from that data source and it has a list of all the people. Some of these people, there still hasn't been justice served yet. And so we wanted to make sure we had something for folks who want to uh, use their skills or learn a skill and get their important message out there. So, um, you know, we've been on the road. Uh, this, is our, this is our protest route. Uh, we're, we live in Manhattan, and so we were able to get to all of them. And um, this is our... Uh, our pathfinder. We're not, we don't call it a contact tracer because that is in the. That means something. The, yeah, like the, that. The contact tracer apps, like oh, you have Bluetooth and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, we made a pathfinder app, and it tracks where Lady Eight and I are, and it, it's only for us. Only it's only private for us, and uh, it has our locations. And then I take my temperature every day. It reminds me. Yeah. And this is in case one of us gets sick, um, we'll be able to see where we were all during these times. Um, around Soho and around New York City, you know, I've been taking photos. People have uh, sign-making areas. There's um, street art. There's posters around all the museums. There's people's names and faces. Say their name. There's um, an unending amount of support and people coming together and saying we have to do something. Our team votes. So if you've been trying to figure out a way for your company to do paid day off for voting, I hear from other people in other countries who are like, what do you mean you can't go vote when, when it's voting day? Like, in our country, we do that. Well, in the U.S., we don't. Mm -hmm. So Adafruit started this a long time ago. Don't stop. Um, repeal 550A, that happened. It'll be signed by the governor. Um, this allows there to be transparency with misconduct records. You can go to uh, the website. I uh, put that up today. Yeah. Where you put in your zip code. And it shows you who your representative is, and then you can see where they, they stand on certain issues. Yeah. Call them up, email. There's so many things where you click it. It has all the things that and you And it actually in. works because, uh, you know, these representatives, a lot of people don't contact them. If you're willing to call up, like you make a phone call or like a fax, if you actually contact them, it, yeah. they think, oh, for each one of person who does that, there's a thousand people who didn't, right? Because most people don't actually it perform works. action. It so, works. Do it. So if you do it, it actually, like... It's like, you know, people are like, oh, matching donations, you get like three times matching. This is like 500 times matching when your voice uh, yeah. reaches your representatives. So um, this is just a glimpse of what we're doing. We want all of you to join us and do your part. See what we're doing. Um, all of the ideas about what Adafruit's doing have come from our team. Our team said Juneteenth is coming up. We should have that as a recognized day at the company. And we said, that's absolutely right. And so this is now coming up next week, Juneteenth. Um, not everyone wants to celebrate 4th of July because 4th of July isn't freedom for everyone. But now, uh, and here's a fun tidbit I just learned. Um, the uh, dates for Juneteenth, New York recognized it on 2000, in 2004. 
Hmm. So there was a piece of the legislation that says, okay, we recognize, we recognize. It doesn't mean it's a, it's a holiday yet. But it's recognized. Um, but uh, I think it's all together. Um, I have to look. I think it's 30-something 30, 30 states recognize it. Okay. So now you're hearing about companies are saying, okay, this is an important day. This is when uh, people were freed. Yeah. And it's all the way back from 1865. It was two years after. And it sucks. It's like they were, it's actually they were freed earlier, but they weren't even told. It took two years. And so, um, you know, the, 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 the way the news works, so uh, Jack from Twitter announced on, on Twitter live, mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday, like, hey, everybody. That's what Twitter's It's like. now, it's now um, an official day that Twitter and Square's recognizing because you have a high-profile CEO. So, you know, things happen. Yeah. Things happen. But this is uh, adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. Take a look at it. It is what this company, if you like our designs, you like our software, you like our hardware, you like to copy that, well, maybe copy a little bit of this, too. Copy this. All right. So that is time travel. And we will continue to keep everyone updated and we'll continue to use our platform. It's a little bit of the Adafruit Chronicles. That's right. Okay. Um, other bits of time travel. We have uh, continued to do open source hardware. Yay. And we always will. Um, this week, uh, not only are we open source hardware, but to prove it, we have 2,214 guides. Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week? I'm glad you asked. Um, okay, we've got a couple guides. So... Um, I just got to remember. Okay, so the wireless BLE MIDI robot xylophone was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think last week you released the Adafruit AHT 20 temperature and humidity. This little screw thing falls. Yeah. Um, I think I'll be okay. Uh, it's a humidity and temperature sensor. We're going to have it in the show. It's a new product. It's a very low-cost sensor, but it works really well. Um, and I really would like to get people to stop using the DHT 22 series because it kind of isn't a great... Uh, sensor to support. Um, this is much better. You can, you know, query it much faster, uses I2C standard. Uh, it's five volt compliant, three volt compliant, great little chip. And it comes on a STEM QT breakout and we'll show a demo of it later. Uh, can't you go to guide for that? The Ruiz Brothers uh, made a lovely Raspberry Pi 4 case where you can attach your new Pi HQ camera to it uh, to make kind of a nice all-in-one um, camera uh, tripod mountable uh, case. Uh, Carter did a time triangle thing. It's um, kind of a remix of uh, the Matrix Sand demos that we've done quite a few of. Um, This time, uh, we tilted the two squares. This is inspired by a project we saw on Instagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, we could port that to CircuitPython. It was written in Arduino, but I thought it would be a good uh, CircuitPython demo. So it uses the FeatherSense accelerometer to turn it into an hourglass. So when you turn it over, uh, the sand falls the other way. then we also have another new breakout, the LIST331 High-G uh, Triple Axis Accelerometer. Uh, Brian wrote a guide for that. And the upcoming H3 LIST331, which is like a 200G accelerometer. Um, these are you know, accelerometers from ST. They're really great. Uh, we like the LIST3DH, so this is kind of an upgrade. It has a wider range. It can go up to 24G. Uh, so we have a guide with um, Arduino and Python and CircuitPython code as well. Then we have the new project from the 3D uh, Printed Lures Brothers this week, the Pi Portal Guitar Tuner. It's a Pi Portal uh, with a lovely graphic that Noe drew. And uh, Liz Clark wrote the code when you um, touch the um, tuning pegs on the image, it plays that uh, sound as a strum, like it's a, it's a sampled um, audio clip. So that makes it easy for you to tune your guitar, which Liz has to do because she's playing a lot of guitar. Uh, then there's the John Park Itsy Bitsy Keyboard Mechanical Keypad. Um, we even made a custom PCB. He'll be adding that. And then Tim C. Uh, wrote a great 
um, like dungeon crawler tutorial, how to create your first tile map game with CircuitPython and Display.io, showing how to create tiles, how to do transparency and indexed images, how to handle a camera moving, how to have different states in the game. Um, so if you're like, you're, this is your first game you want to write, you want to write in Python, uh, check out this guide. I'm going on a Pi Gamer, Pi Badge, or Ed Badge. Okay. All right. Those are the guides. We have more coming. Um, now it's time for some Made in New York City factory footage. And more. Yeah. So this week's a little different. Uh-oh. So we've been all watching. This is this is this is all about factories and manufacturing because it's mm-hmm. phase one right now. Mm-hmm. Phase one manufacturing. We're an essential business, but we're phasing it. But if 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 we weren't an essential business, we'd be coming back to work now. And there's this dashboard that New York has, and here's okay. all the things you have to have seven out of seven. Then so you go seven. back to work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. phase two is starting soon. But this is cool. This is uh, this site. This is the R value, and if you zoom in all the way to the left, this means the least amount of infect- infections in the country, the least amount. So New York, we lived through this. March 11th or so, it was scary. It so was we're like, second. Hawaii is Hawaii, long. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, the Eastern Alliance. That's pretty good. We did it, and Hawaii. And the thing that I think is so remarkable is New York, we had it the worst. We got hit the hardest. It was so, so we, bad. We had, we had the most, the worst, the everything. We're all yeah. going to die. It's going to seep under your your door and you're going to get it. You can't even, you, if you, you're going to get it and that's going to be it. It was yeah. so scary. And then 90 days, 100 days. No, we didn't leave the house. We like barely left the house for like We went to the factory. Months. We went to the factory and then we came back. That was our lives. Yeah. Every single day. Um, we ordered enough toilet paper uh, in advance, and uh, we were also pretty paranoid uh, because we had. That was in February. We were crazy. yeah, we had we had uh, factory partners in China who said, "Hey, watch out!" And we we listened to them. But here's the interesting thing: um, okay. the the highest ones now, right now, are the ones that opened up uh, probably too soon around Memorial Day. So we're starting to see this spike. Including Washington, which is interesting. Yeah. So there there's some there's some that are starting to spike. So we'll see. So New York. We're over here. Let's try to keep it that way. And then, um, please, if you're out there in any of the rest of the country, you're watching Asking an Engineer, so obviously you're smart. Keep wearing a mask. Keep wearing gloves. Do eye protection. Like, it, it, it does matter. It, it's something that helped us. It protected us over the last 100 days. Please consider doing it, too. So we went out. Um, this is uh, Lady Ada at the uh, Freedom Tower. And at the bottom of it, it says, New York tough, New York strong. And uh, we zoomed in. Um, here's Lady Ada doing the, the Lady Ada pose. And um, this was on day 100. This was right across the street from where Old Adafruit used to be. So I have a series of photos from when they were building the Freedom Tower to now where we're, we're back. And, you know, adversity reveals character, and that's something about New York. 100-day um, photo, look at all the stuff that's in receiving. We're getting through it. These are all the things that we're processing right now. And we now. put in so things much stuff today. are happening. It's, we're slowly getting through it. Yeah. We're testing. We're doing stuff. We're not stopping. We're getting stuff in stock again. And as our team comes back, you'll start, if you signed up for a product that was out of stock, don't worry, we're getting there. Lots of different boards. Making new things. Yeah. No, these are our new um, printouts for our inspection, our, our yep. optical inspection, human optical. and time lapses and you know in the past place in. yeah in the past you know you'd see our people zoom by now they're wearing masks and you know scenes around new york and more um <laughs> that's funny yeah and so 
on one hand, there's some, like, return to work and it seems like back to normal. On the other hand, why go back to normal? Why not build better, build smarter, uh, build together, be unified, and think about how you were able to come together and this next chapter, let's make it the best thing possible. And of course, um, some things change, but some things don't. Disney is still building across the street. <laughs> they never. I don't know if they know what's going on. They haven't. They, you think they haven't actually left the uh, work think, area? Yeah, they've just been building away. They just so this, is, this is outside our window. Yeah. So we're doing the time lapse here. Well, they probably you know they probably also have a fixed amount of time, which can, they can drill into the ground. Maybe it yeah. gets tougher in the winter. All right. They're just, they're just, Drilling these gigantic chunks out, you can yeah. see. It's pretty cool. All right, so um, 3D printing. We're gonna play a bunch back to back because yep. we're catching up this week. So we have okay. the guitar tuner, we have the pie case, we have a sped up of a vice, and then a sped up of the uh, pie case video as well. So we're gonna play it back to back to back to back to back, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're building a guitar tuner with Adafruit's Pi Portal. Using CircuitPython, you can create a simple guitar tuner. We designed the graphics to look like the headstock of a guitar. We also 3D printed the case, so the Pi Portal is propped up vertically. With the touchscreen, you can tap on the tuning pegs to play audio samples of guitar notes. This was inspired by Guitar Tuner web apps. We think the Pi Porter works really well because it features a touchscreen and has a built-in speaker. With the Display I.O. library for CircuitPython, you can quickly make your projects with graphics and audio. CircuitPython makes it easy to quickly call on audio files and create touch interfaces. We think this example can be expanded by using the built-in sensors and Stemma ports. In the loop, if the Pi Portal detects a touch and it falls within the button's coordinates, then the corresponding audio are played three times. When debugging your code, it's really helpful to use the REPL serial monitor and print statements to confirm touch inputs. The Pi Portal library makes it easy to use all of the built-in components like the light and temperature sensor. Shout out to Liz Clark for coming up with this idea and coding it in CircuitPython. All of the project files and code are available on GitHub. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. There's no soldering required and the mini oval speaker is plugged into the back of the Pi Portal. The case can be 3D printed without any support material and the files are free to download. The CAD assembly is easy to put together and take apart with plenty of room for extra components. Be sure to check out our learn guide and GitHub repo for 3D models of Adafruit boards and components. I had a lot of fun tuning my nephew's guitar and I hope this inspires you to create an awesome project that can be made fairly quickly. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making a case for the Raspberry Pi HQ camera. So we designed and 3D printed an enclosure that houses the Pi 4 in the HQ camera module. The Raspberry Pi HQ camera features a 12.3 megapixel sensor and is capable of taking both stills and video. To get the highest image quality, we lowered the ISO and increased the bitrate. You could also adjust the exposure, shutter speed, and play with a nice assortment of built-in effects. The camera can capture video with a resolution of 1920 by 1080. 
We used a 35mm lens with a 1.6 f-stop. It's compatible with any C or CS mount lenses, so we can use a wide variety of interchangeable lenses. It also has an integrated tripod mount, so we can secure it to different tripods and adapters. In this project, we're using the Pi 4 Model B, but it's compatible with almost all models of the Raspberry Pi. You can get the parts and accessories to build this project, links are in the description. The parts are free to download and can be 3D printed without any support material using PLA. The case is modular and features snap-fit covers that are easy to remove and swap out. Our PCB mount is designed to secure the camera to the Pi and it can be printed in just about 20 minutes. So if you're looking for a minimal design, this should help keep your PCBs together with M25 hardware. With snap-fit parts, you can customize the case to fit a number of different sensors and components. All of the ports and connectors are accessible, so you can connect all sorts of devices like your display, your mouse, and a keyboard. The CAD assembly uses M25 hardware to secure the PCBs together. You can download 3D models of the Raspberry Pi and the camera module from the links in the description. Be sure to check out the Learn Guide for full step-by-step -step tutorial on assembling this project. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
right, and don't forget every single Wednesday, Nampeiro has 3D Hangouts and also a 3D Hangout show and tell. Um, it's now time. That's right. DigiKey and Adafruit bring you... Hi, on MPI. I on NPI. That's right. All right. So this week, Lady Ada, we are going to show... Da, 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 da. I on Type-C USB connectors. Uh, this is actually a connector that I've been hoping would exist soon. I couldn't find it. Uh, but then I saw it pop up on digiki.com uh, NPI, their, their new section. And I was like, yes, finally. I'm saying? I want this USB-C on every board. I, want, I have a, this one cable thing. This is what I want. So. Okay, so what is this thing? So it's a USB Type-C connector. And I wish I had a really good guide on USB Type-C. It's a reversible connector for USB. And um, the thing that's really cool about it is it can do like like firewires type speeds it can do like plain usb you can do up to 20 volts it's got it can it's kind of they really mashed everything into it the problem with that though is that to mash all these capabilities speeds power you know and all that stuff um there's like 24 pins on the typical uh type c connector which is quite a lot to solder so what i really like about this connector is it's a power only connector from kui so if we look at the diagram you see, it only has six SMT pads on it because they basically only connect to the power pins, the, the VBUS pins, the ground pins, and they have the CC1 and CC2 pins available. Um, but it's like super simple. It's like the simplest type C connector you can get if you only want to get like power into your device. Um, so uh, what's nice about this is that we can compare it to Here's another Kui part, uh, a 24-pin connector, and I got a 3D rendering of it. I uh, also showed on the overhead, and it's just got like a massive number of pins, and so it's not really hand solderable. It's not really reworkable. Like those pads are underneath the connector, and also the cost is much higher. Like for a connector like this, you know, you're gonna pay like a dollar fifty or two dollars uh, per, whereas the power-only connector is only like about fifty cents in quantity. So let's go to the overhead. We can take a look at these. It's a simple NPI, but you know what? Like, if you need this kind of connector, you'll be like... This is what folks are here for, because it's like, like yes. which one? How do I find it? Where do I get it? What, what does I it want. look like? So this is, um, you know, another connector with uh, it's USB Type-C. Also, you can see there's the USB Type-C, but it has every contact brought out. And again, it's going to be a couple bucks because you have these inner connectors here, then these outer connectors. Everything is available. Um, you know, the high speed lines, the low speed lines, all the power pins, the, the sideband pins. This is great if you're making, you know, an advanced peripheral or a, um, you know, a, a computer that has to be able to handle all the different kind of peripherals plugged into it. This one, in comparison, you see, it's not, it's not only that, it's smaller, too. So you need less board size. It's like the size of a, a micro uh, B connector. And you only have the six pads. Two of them are power, two of them are ground. And then you have the CC1 and CC2 pins. And the reason you need uh, those pins is that you have to connect resistors to them to indicate to the upstream power supplier what kind of power you want. Um, so uh, we recommend you copy our uh, schematic to 5.1K 1% resistors, connect one of them to CC1, 
one of them CC2, connect them to ground, and this will basically tell the USB Type-C controller, hey, I want you to provide me five volts, which is kind of standard. If you want higher voltages, it gets more complicated. You get to kind of like negotiate the power delivery specification. But if you just put these resistors on, like bam, you're, you've got five volt power, um, you know, half an amp to one and a half amps, depending on what can be supplied. So super easy um, to use. I really like this connector. Great price, easy to use, simple. Yeah. I like the through hole connectors to, to the PCB because that keeps it mechanically stable and some big chunky pads for power. All right, so where do they get it? So uh, you wanna pick these up. Uh, these are new from CUI. I call them Kui, but you can also just say CUI. It's, uh, you know, this is the part number. It's the 2223 UJCHP-3 SMT. Uh, and then CT for cut tape. Uh, ND is for DigiKey. So, yeah. uh, or you go to the short URL. And pro tip, when you're on the DigiKey site, there's a little share thing, and it generates a short URL. Yes. DigiKey.com forward slash short forward slash ZHTBW5. And that's great because... You can uh, cut and paste that from the site, yep. send it to yourself. I always uh, drop it into like a text file or I'll drop it to something that syncs with my phone. I'm going to go look at it later, um, send it to you. You know, there's all sorts of things. Yes. So uh, available now. Go get it yeah. now from digiki.com. Now that you know it exists, when you do your design, next time you do a design and you're like, well, I just want USB power. I don't need data because it's, you know, just something that's powered off of USB. Yeah. Um, this is a great connector to, to source and use, so you know it's there for when you need it. And that's on IMPI. Hi, on IMPI. But wait, there's more. So a little bit of a bonus. So we Bo sped up version with the extended track. Yeah. And if you're interested in like how you can do positioning, music video version, the short version, new products coming up is more new products that's right okay um once again thank you everybody we are safe and smart shipping we're ready to go we thank you and now it's time for that's right okay first up okay we have some espressive esp32 s2 rover modules in stock these are for some of the developers who are like i just want to pick up a couple of these you can of course get them from digikey in larger quantities uh i think if you want a real but if you just want one or two you can pick them up from us um so this is the new chipset that has native usb uh, it's a single core 10 silica running i think 240 megahertz uh, it's got like the same 32k of ram um it's got uh, a built-in uh, two megabyte uh spy flash and uh, one nice thing is you notice that this is kind of a large um, package. This is, matches the Warover ESP32 package. That's because it has also 
um, some PS RAM. I think it's a couple megabytes. I don't remember how many megabytes of PS RAM. But um, so that's kind of cool. So this is the decapped version. And it's cool because it's like you get the ESP32 S2 and they do all the, the passives, the crystal, all the connectors. Uh, you can just solder it onto your board. It even has uh, nice labeling on the bottom. I mean, I love this because it's like what pin is what. You can make your footprint and be sure that you get it right. Also like this, um, uh, you know, tic-tac-toe uh, ground pad here underneath the chip for uh, cooling and, and ground planing. Uh, so uh, these are available and uh, you can see Scott's video series every Friday. He does um, a live stream and he's been porting CircuitPython to the ESP32-S2. Also check out Unexpected Maker who's been doing uh, tutorials. He's designing a feather uh, based on this chip and he's doing tutorials on this chip and using Arduino. So this is a this is very MPI, very exciting, up and coming. Uh, you know, I think by the holidays, uh, this will be the hot chip that's in all the new devices that people are designing. Okay, heard it here first. All right, next up. All right, next up, the analog discovery from Digilent. Um, this is kind of neat. You know, I, I've we've carried a couple different, you know, USB, you know, pocket um, oscilloscopes and logic analyzers. And um, I thought to uh, pick this one up because um, people had recommended it to me. I like that it has a lot of channels. Uh, there's tutorials online and there's software that runs on every different computer. So it's like Mac, Windows, Linux, even a Raspberry Pi 4. And uh, it can act as a uh, logic uh, analyzer. So I think you have like, looks like eight, 16 channels of, um, logic inputs, so we can see on the okay. back. So, uh, okay. So what does it say? So, on focus. Okay. Differential plus or minus uh, 25 volts. That's really cool because a lot of times the oscilloscopes, they are, you know, zero to five volts only or plus or minus 50 volts, uh, five volts. 100 mega samples per second, 14-bit ADC, um, 30 megahertz analog signal bandwidth if you use a, uh, you know, a BNC scope probe. Um, waveform generator, um, the DAC version, so there's an ADC and there's also a DAC, so you can uh, generate plus or minus 5 volts up to 25 uh, megahertz signal generator, great for creating custom sine waves, custom sine forms. Um, dual programmable output supplies, 0 to 5 volts and 0 to negative 5 volts. Um, you can power it with an external supply and it'll give you 700 milliamps. 16 sample uh, logic and bus analyzer, 100 mega samples per second and can decode uh, common protocols like FPI, I squared C, UART, and parallel bus, and of course, pattern detector. Uh, and it kind of sounds like it has a couple other things as well. Maybe I'll safely open this. Although we have the maybe the images we have. Yeah, we have these. These, yeah, you these know, images will be better than you cracking. I think so. so. Uh, okay, so basically, what this is is that it's kind of like a lab in a box. Um, it's not super cheap, but the quality is really good because analog devices makes like the best ADCs and DACs. Xilinx, probably uh, the FPGA that drives the ADC and DAX and converts them to USB. And then again, that cross-platform software support. Um, you know, for professionals, they can pick up the Logic, which we also stock. But for students, people who want something that's affordable, for 250 bucks, 275 bucks, um, you get a lot of capability. And I think you'll be able to use this for a lot of different projects. I think it was designed originally for like university school, but I think a lot of makers would also like the analog discovery. Okay, next up. Okay, 
Next up, we have a bunch of breakouts. So first up is the LPS 22. So this is like the next gen of the LPS uh, 25. And uh, this one's really tiny. This is like the smallest pressure sensor, I think, in existence. It's only like two millimeters by two millimeters. Um, and we put on a, a Stemma QT breakout. Hold on. The sizes of things have changed, so I have to focus. Uh, so this is uh, the breakout, and you see the little chip in the center. That's the LPS-22. So this is a pressure sensor. Uh, it can also do precision temperature. Um, this is good for altimeters, drones, or um, weather sensing. And you can see it's quite sensitive. You know, it's like you, you like it has pretty good um, repeatability, and it has really good accuracy and precision. Uh, so you can do a couple centimeters, I think maybe 10 centimeters of um, altitude. You can also do one point calibration. I think they, they say they'll give you like one centimeter of um, altitude uh, accuracy. So uh, this sensor, it's also pretty inexpensive. Um, we first saw this on the Arduino Nano Sense and I was like, what is this tiny sensor? Oh my God, that's so small. Uh, so I thought it would make for a great breakout. Um, you get I2C or SPI and an interrupt pin. Uh, but I like I2C because, again, you just plug it right into, like, your STM32F04. And uh, you have an OLED displaying uh, the data right on here. Okay, next up. Okay, next up, another ST part. This is the LIS331H. This is a high-range accelerometer. This is kind of the same family as the LIS3DH, which we have on our, like, circuit playgrounds and a bunch of dev boards as our generic triple-axis accelerometer. The LIS331... However, um, it does I2C, it does SPI, it has two interrupts, all good stuff. And it goes up to 24G, so that's unusual. A lot of accelerometers kind of top out at 16G or maybe 8G. So this one goes up to 24G, so it's good for um, stuff that moves around a little bit more. Um, I know people use it for like sports sensing, like collisions, um, automotive, maybe some rocketry, smaller rockets. Uh, and cars and stuff. So so machines that are moving, which are going to be moving faster than people might need 32G. So likewise, what's really nice is it has this it has a uh, static QT connector, so I just focus lock is not locking. Okay. Um, you know, I just plug it into the end of this LPS 22 and now I have uh, my demo running on the STM32F4, printing out the accelerometer data as well. I can I can move around. You can see uh, the meters per second square changing on the X, Y, and Z axis. All right. All right. So that's another nice accelerometer sensor. Next up, a sheet of copper. Um, this sheet of copper, yeah, this is actually something that you requested. Yeah. So this sheet of copper, it's it's the same kind of stuff that's used in our copper tape. But it's like 12 inches by 12 inches. It's kind of massive. Yeah, and this is a big copper sheet. It's got, yeah, I can't even show it here right because it's too big. So let's show it. Let's just show it here. Yeah. So it's, because it's, it's flexible. It's not, it's not like a, yeah. a copper. Um, so you can gently remove it with your fingernail. Yeah. Or it's capacitive touch. Uh, this is perfect for that because tape it onto your pads. You have to solder it. This you don't have to. You just tape it on. And you can cut this with a vinyl cutter. You can yep. cut it with scissors very easily. And it's just like a gigantic sheet of copper. I don't know, make whatever you want with it. Yep. Cool. It's very conductive. All right. Next up, um, you know, over the last 100 days, uh, you know, usually when February rolls around, there's a new Raspberry Pi. That's right. And uh, because of 
the international pause on all things over the last three months. Um, this didn't come out until recently. This was a couple weeks ago, and, and we already sold out. We have them. But we have, we'll get more. So this is the Raspberry Pi 4, which you all know and love, but this version has 8 gigabytes of RAM, which is double the previous largest, which was 4 gigabytes. Is there going to be a 16 gigabyte one? I don't know. I can only guess. But this one upgrades the RAM. So this is basically getting to desktop um, computer capabilities. So you can use this for machine learning. You have a ton of RAM. You want to uh, play videos. You don't have to worry about um, running out of memory. You can definitely browse the internet. I know you can play YouTube videos. It still has all the GPIO, the Wi-Fi, the Ethernet, the two HDMI ports. This is like getting to be quite a beast of a computer. Um, you know, all you have to do is, is grab a, a micro SD card, plug it in with the latest noobs, and uh, you have a full desktop, you have tons of USB ports. Um, this is actually nicer than like the computer I had in high school, for sure. So uh, check it out, sign up to get notified when we have more in stock. We only got like 100 for our first shipment or so, but we have a lot more in order. And okay. uh, as soon as they're available, uh, we will notify you. All right, next up. Okay, next up. We usually ordered these before the shutdown, but they finally came in. This is um, LED ultra-flexible wire strands. And these are kind of interesting. And I want to say what they're good for and what they're not good for. Um, because if you look, what what is happening is between each of these like little glue epoxy dots is three wires and they're coiled and they are covered with like a non-conductive coating. However, um, if you flex it or you bend it or you rub it, that coating will come off. So this isn't, even though this is flexible, I always tell people what I recommend people do with flexible stuff is you flex it to get into the position you want. Like let's say you want to make a costume with LEDs on it and but you still have a backing or you have something that's attached to it. It isn't like free flexing because the risk is that um, the coating, that the thing that, because you know these are touching, but they're not shorting out. But if you rub them, eventually that coating will come off. Eventually it will crack. So this is good if you want to, um, maybe you want to do uh, paper crafts and you know they're they're separated and you glue them onto a board and it's just like a lot easier to glue than um, LED strips because you know you can move everything around or you want to make a diorama, you want to make a wearable. Or you want to just wrap these around your bicycle um, or what have you for maybe your, your lawn ornament. Um, but just watch out that you don't scratch or rub or flex these. Like if I sat here and I like mess with these enough, they would eventually short out because I'm just, I'm just forcing that coating off. So as long as you're aware of that, these are pretty cool. Um, they're flexible. They're about four inches apart. They're just NeoPixel compatibles. Um, they, you know, you can see the chip, but they sort of glow both sides. And uh, you can, of course, cut them very easily. And uh, you come, comes with 50 uh, NeoPixels per strand. And then, of course, you can cut them as much as you like. This is okay. the soft wire flexible NeoPixels. All right. Okay, next up. Okay, um, next up, speaking of wires, we have a box of heat shrink. Um, we'd been using these in fab to uh, make tester kits and jigs and I was like you know what we should stock this um, it comes in a lot of different colors and it comes in a nice storage bin which I'm always you can always convince me if it comes with a storage bin this will last you a long time yeah. uh, it's got you know all sorts of like the over sizes and the undersizes with thin wires and the coverings um, and it's pre-cut so you can also kind of see how much you have left okay 
And then last up to start of the show, besides the community and our Adafruit team members and all of you in the chat is... The AHT20. This is from the same company that actually makes the DHT series sensors. And uh, we've used those a lot, but they're, they're, you know, they're a little finicky, especially on single board computers. What's nice about this sensor is it's, it's got better quality than the DHT22, but it's I2C and it's a lower price. So really, I recommend people, if you were thinking of doing a product with a DHT22, upgrade to the HT20 because you'll get I2C, it's so easy to use, it's 5-volt compatible, 3-volt compatible. We made this little uh, breakout for you. Uh, here it is plugged into our uh, STM32F2 using this plug-and-play cable, displaying the temperature and humidity. It's so easy, and uh, it's a great little sensor. If you want you know, higher precision, we have that, but if you just need a general-purpose temperature humidity sensor, uh, we've got code for um, Python, Arduino, CircuitPythons. This is great for use with your single board computer, your Raspberry Pi. You can use it with your computer when you use like our um, CircuitPython adapters like the ST, FT232H or the MCP221. Uh, works, of course, great with Arduino. So a lovely little sensor. I like it because I think it'll be very popular. You can elaborate further later in the questions, but yeah. why is there a little cutout? Um, well, we had space because there's like it's a three or five volt sensor, so I didn't have to use a logic level shifter. Uh, I usually do to protect against uh, you know five volt input on the like Arduino Uno, um, and so to isolate this from the rest of the PCB, what that means is that this this little area here will heat up faster. So if I put my finger on it, you see it reacts very quickly because you don't have this gigantic ground plane or this PCB that's insulating it. Um, it absorbs heat, it, it uh, both absorbs and releases heat a lot easier because the resistance is lower. Okay, all right, and with that, okay. Um, did you have a top secret this week? I do, but did you want to do a recap or no? No, we don't have to do a recap. Okay, great. Um, okay, so I do have, I do have some, it's not out yet. Okay, don't ask. Here it is. Thank you for reminding me. Okay, so the first up is this little breakout board, which I even designed on the Great Search. Um, you're talking about uh, getting uh, these really uh, cute new boost converters from TI. This is the TPS. You can't take this under the fiducial. It's 61023. That's a little boost converter there, and this will give you five volt output from about three and a half volt input. Um, so I made this little mini like a micro power boost. It's like a, like a mini boost um, breakout board. So you just have two to five volts in, five volts out, and then an enable pin. Okay. And then... Oh, I dropped it in my excitement. Um, I'm also experimenting with Phil B on making little Stemma breakouts. So we have, you know, the Stemma QT boards, which are 0.7 inches by one inch and has, you know, the the quick connects on either side, which is lovely. It's a great standard that uh, Sparkfriend came up with. But I also wanted one for analog and digital simple sensors, um, ones that just had like one pin. Um, and so, you know, we have a couple items. We have like the Stemma speaker that is the same three pin uh, JST2PH. And we have these on uh, a lot of our boards. It's just power ground and uh, signal. Uh, and we have like a servo that has this connector. It basically just makes it plug and play easy. 
Um, and uh, you know, this is great for I squared C, and then this is great for analog or digital. So the first board I designed, and this is the same, I was trying to keep the same size, the same one inch by 0.7 inch. It's not like, an, it doesn't mean anything. I just happened to like the size. I think it's a good size. Um, so you have the connector, you have a little on LED so you know it's powered correctly. And then this is just another um, analog temperature sensor. It's actually very similar to the, the TMP36 from ADI, but this is a surface mount version. You also see these cutouts again to make it more reactive to uh, the temperature. And then on the back we have the instructions. There's a little typo, it should be 100, this is the prototype. And also you can solder to these pads if you want to not use a cast. Okay. Um, Discord, join all 20,000 of them. Yeah, but mm. the, the Raspberry Pi is a um, sort of number one video That's all about cool. uh, moving from Arduino to CircuitPython. And the, the feedback, uh, what folks are saying is you can do it, you just have to be careful. Um, yeah, with it. Okay. okay. Uh, next up, do you really, do you have a really quiet uh, AD converter for breakup board? Yeah, people like the AD1115. It's not like a, you know, a data acquisition board, but you know, that could be a good... There could be a you know good option, sixteen bit, so you'll get less signal. Yeah. And you know it has ferrites on it, so it should be fairly clean. Okay, and then um, I guess the uh, the um, the opening around the other breakout is also for temperature control. Yeah, as basically, well. if you have the space, you know, I don't I don't do it very often, um, but if you have the space, it does give you a little bit of isolation from. Um, other temperatures lets it react a little faster. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, perhaps more feedback or question. Thoughts on doing a few ground print pins on the top secret power booster? I wanted to keep it small, um, so I only have you know, V in, V out, and ground and enable. I, I know what you mean, like having you know a connector on either side. It's an interesting idea. I might have a different footprint for that, you know, one that maybe has, um, a, you know, a, a JSTPH battery input, like yeah. a little, again, like a little power boosty mic thing, which is, which is kind of like a UBEC where you have input and output. Got it. Okay. This is, uh, oh, this is a good one. This is probably going to be for me. Uh, Adafruit, what's your cost, uh, your customer acquisition cost? Do you have a marketing budget for social media advertising and how well does that work? Um, I'll start with the, uh, second part of the question. So yes, we have a marketing budget. We do spend money on Google Ads on Facebook, and occasionally we do um, product ads on Instagram. Uh, not so much uh, yeah. Twitter, because for whatever reason, Twitter said that even though we're a verified account, um, our account violates Twitter's terms of service. So we can't place ads okay. via Twitter right now. Yeah. Um, Turns out the president could threaten people, but uh, you know, we're, we have a we're, 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 we're we violated their terms. So um, the way it works is we mostly and almost exclusively focus on product shopping ads yeah and uh the budget can range from what it, like so we paused our um marketing budget for a lot of those places because we weren't shipping mm -hmm. things besides essential goods mm -hmm. but um what we like to have as a return on ad spend is at least 1500 percent. so you know if we spend a dollar we should make 150 dollars back at least so that's important to us is uh, any type of return on ad spend should be well over a thousand percent um, and then as far as how well it works, um, I'll combine that with the first part of the question is, um, or a sort of, is we like to do content marketing, which is we'll put is out, this. yeah, which is 
making a show that's useful. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you guys watched the new product segment that we just did. So good information is advertising. So um, what we like to do is make sure that we spend money on the listing of the products. Yeah. But what we really like to do is make sure we pay authors and pay team members and pay people, pay people in our community to make guides. And the guides have a buy button. So what you want to do is teach something over here and have a buy button over here. Get those things close together. Yeah. And that's been the vision all along. Like, you know, Adafruit is a tutorial store with a gift shop at the end. You know, that's, that's, that's the way to look at it. We put out all that free code and your community can reward you. Yeah. And then as far as the customer acquisition costs, well, what we like to see is, you know, average orders between $150 and $200. And then we try to make sure you know our return on ad spend is at least 1,000 to 1,500%. So you can start to figure out what that is. But we do spend more on paying our people than we do on ads. And that is very important to us. Oh yeah, by us. far. And that's really important to us because we make content, we're content makers. Yeah, so. that's right. I mean like for example, like we, we see cool people on show and tell like Liz Clark and she's doing awesome projects. And we're like, wow, you're doing such cool projects. We'll pay you Yeah. So to, to do projects. And you know, a lot of people um, have got their jobs at Adafruit by just contributing to the community. That's how, that, that, yeah. that is the other thing. So um, you didn't ask this question, but I'll, I'll add it is, how do you find these cool people who work at Adafruit? Well, participation in open source, participation in the community, and that's pretty much how it works. That's, we think, a very modern way. You know, in the past people said, well, working remotely, that's never gonna last. Well, we're all working remotely. Um, you know, everyone works remotely in some way now. Yeah. And, and so anyways, uh, so longer answer to your, uh, to your question, but there you go. Um, next up, I want to connect a, a, from a protoboard to a sensor that will be one to two meters away and would like a connector of some sort so I don't have a long soldered wire. Any suggestion for connectors? I was looking on DigiKey, and there are so many that it's pretty overwhelming. Oh, we did a Molex connector IMMPI. Yeah, that's a custom one, but if yeah. you're just doing a prototype, check out the JST SH cable assemblies that we have in the shop um they come from like two to six pins or so and like it's just like you just plug them and it's just a very easy way to make a free hanging yeah um long cable that I, that's what i use for like sensor connectors next up why are there two big stem connectors a big one on the pi portals and a small one on the cute boards can we keep it just to one small one the reason that they're separate and this is this is my philosophical decision is i don't i think connectors should dictate the underlying protocol and I don't like reusing connectors for different protocols um, for example like if you see a micro USB connector it it should be micro USB I don't like it when that's used for something else it's just my personal pet peeve yeah know? that's and, why you want to ask an engineer because you ask the engineer and then they ask an, the, I think, the engineer I think says the connector should dictate <laughs> the you know the connection and so one of the things that I wanted was, you know, the, actually we made Stemma boards with the larger four pin JST pH connector a long time ago, but Sparkfun has been making so many boards with the smaller um, JST SH, not pH, the one millimeter pitch. And I like their idea of chaining the boards together. It actually works well for I squared C, but for analog and digital, you can't chain them together. So you don't have to have two connectors, right? You only need one connector. If you have two connectors, JST pHs are too big. Like the, the board starts getting enormous, and I don't want the board to be so physically large that people can't embed it. Like if the board is like this big, it's too big for me. So um, that's why I like the JST SH is for I squared C. Um, for the analog and digital stuff, I'm I'm kind of a strong believer in this like GVS ground voltage signal. Like keep it simple. You don't have UART going over it. You don't have like 
uh, like it just it's all you know that it's going to be a signal and the signal is less than the voltage and that's it and so it's bigger um partially because i've just done that connector and it's not it's not too big um but also i wanted to um use something that had it, a cable that people could like easily get and connect and i think that once you get to the three pin version of that molex i think it's a little bit too not the molex the jstsh i think it's a little bit too small i kind of I, I think that we actually have a pretty good balance now the two millimeter for analog and digital and one millimeter for i squared c but i could change my mind um but i like the the jst ph for the simpler stuff i think it's i think it's good and easy for people to use Okay, uh, for the process side, it'd be cool to link them together as well for single letters or complete graphics. Yeah, you can do that in the in the library. We have support. You can do it. Okay, um, that's our questions for the night. Okay. Keep hanging out over at Adafruit.it slash Discord. Remember, um, we all got to taste what it's like being virtual for the last three months, and we'll probably continue in that way. But there um, are communities that are uh, not great to be in, and there's communities that are great to be in. Adafruit One's great to be in, so if you haven't already, go to adafruit.it slash discord, share your projects, hang out, be part of the community, contribute, share, and more. Now's time. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to say goodbye to everybody, and then we're going to play the Python on That's uh, right. Hardware Newsletter. From Katni. So Katni has a video version of the entire Python on Hardware Newsletter. Yes. It's soothing. It is when I center myself, and I can actually catch up on the most important thing that I haven't been able to do recently, which is keep up with all the things going on in Python on hardware. That's right. So, um, this is like the Candy Podcast. So the team has been able to uh, you know, carry that torch while we've been focused on COVID. And then recently, um, we needed to make sure that we were doing all the things that we could as a company to get the voice out that not only is it, you can't just say, well, you're not racist. You have to actually be anti-racist. We're so close there's so much momentum um so with that action every day and action every day you'll see us on every every important thing you just have to make a chain of success to do so please um eye on the prize yeah we can do this and so please 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 um if you need ideas again check out what our team came up with adafruit.com slash black lives matter um and this isn't the first time it's not going to be the last time that we use our platforms to bring people together for good change. So get ready. Don't worry. There's more ahead. Um, So with that being said, I want to say thank you to everyone out there um, in the community, all of our Adafruit team members, Jesse Mays in the uh, chat tonight. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you to all the Adafruit folks that have been on site, staying safe. Thank you to all the Adafruit stuff there, the folks that are about to come back. Um, We do our protocol training. Uh, We have another meeting tomorrow. And we're slowly and, and smartly bringing folks back. Correct. Um, we'll see everybody next week at 7 p.m. for Show and Tell, 8 p.m. for Ask an Engineer. And without further ado, Katney, take it's it away. It's that time again. This is Katney with your weekly Python on Hardware News. Every week, we put together the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. It is available through adafruitdaily.com. Head over to sign up and see all of the past and current newsletters, or tune in each week to hear what's going on. Adafruit is working with the team to open safely as New York City begins to lift COVID-19 restrictions. We continue to follow the same safety protocols we have been since the beginning and will continue to do so. 
At this time, regular non-COVID-related orders are shipping, but expect delays as we are still at a limited capacity. As manufacturing was interrupted, some items may be out of stock. Please look to Adafruit resellers to obtain these items more quickly. In the U.S., DigiKey is suggested. Visit adafruit.com slash opensafely for details. The Adafruit team made a Black Lives Matter sign for nighttime that uses a 64 by 32 RGB LED matrix, the Adafruit Feather, and Circuit Python. These panels are normally used to make video walls. In New York, you see them on the sides of buses and bus stops to display animations or short video clips. You can make them portable and informative. The matrix can also display the names of black people killed by the police, which the Washington Post compiled into a database as a data source on GitHub and saytheirnames.glitch.me. Check out the guide RGB LED matrices with CircuitPython, and the code for this project is available on GitHub. Join Adafruit's anti-racist efforts to end police brutality, reform the criminal justice system, and dismantle the many other forms of systemic racism at work in the U.S. For more information and a list of regularly updated resources, visit adafruit.com slash Black Lives Matter. RealPython interviews CircuitPythonista Katni Rembor. On RealPython this week, Ricky White interviews me, creative engineer at Adafruit Industries. My role is varied as I cover embedded software, hardware design, technical writing, and community leadership. We talk about my work developing CircuitPython and the role mentorship has played in my career to date. I also share my advice for anyone looking to start their first hardware project using CircuitPython. Read the full interview at realpython.com slash interview dash catney dash rembor. In this week's CircuitPython Deep Dive livestream, Scott worked on ESP32-S2 and electioncal.us, a website to provide election dates and information to folks around the U.S. in both human and machine-readable forms. Scott is also the author of the CircuitPython on Game Boy cartridge. If you wish to see, the design is available on Oshpark as Pi Game Boy version 6. Geek Mom Projects has made a DIY nano-leaf sculpture. Triangle PCBs use side-emitting LEDs which diffuse into a translucent acrylic layer. It's freestanding and modular. It is assembled by screwing smaller PCB connectors into the back of adjoining boards. On the back, a system of spring connectors and pads transmit signal and power. A thin buffer layer of clear acrylic keeps the spring connectors from getting crushed. It is all powered by an Adafruit Itsy Bitsy M4 Express running circuit Python. Check it out at Geek Mom Project's Twitter. The Sparkline class provides a scrolling line graph where any values added to Sparkline using add value are plotted. Kevin created a Sparkline example for CircuitPython and Display.io with inspiration from a Hackaday article. Details are available at Cybermatch on Twitter, and the code is provided by Kmatch98 on GitHub. Learn how to create a Bluetooth Mandalorian tracking fob for Galaxy's Edge droids using Circuit Playground Bluefruit. Video available on Dead Bothan Society YouTube, and write-up is available on deadbothans.com. Kevin posts to Twitter a pool temperature monitor using an Adafruit Clue with a Kittronic Zip Halo HD. The LEDs change from red to blue when the temperature drops below 69.5 degrees Fahrenheit, and the LCD also displays the temperature. 
The ChronoPi is a hacker-friendly CircuitPython-powered wristwatch based on the 2020 Open Hardware Summit badge. It will be released soon on Hackster Launch. Check it out on the Hackster.io Twitter. Build a DIY Arc Reactor CPU performance monitor with Arduino and Python. Details are available on the DIYLife.com and Hackster.io. Kinger North posts another video to YouTube, this time covering Shift Register Out using CircuitPython and Arduino. Check out a CircuitPython example using an Adafruit Feather M0 and the Vemmel 6075 ultraviolet light sensor on LearnMicroPython.com. Naomi posts to Twitter an interactive choose-your-own-adventure game using a Raspberry Pi, a thermal printer, and some controls with CircuitPython. Learn it faster, the entire Python language in a single image, available from fossbytes.com. Runtime class modification, only using library features needed, saving RAM depending on the application, in a post on blog.hyperlinkyourheart.com. Build physical projects with Python on the Raspberry Pi in this extensive tutorial, available at realpython.com python-raspberry-pi. Check out a MicroPython plugin for PyCharm, which auto-detects connected MicroPython devices, uses the nearest source routes as the device route for flashing files, ignore.git and .ideo while flashing, from JetBrains. Learn networking basics on the M5 Stack Wi-Fi scanner in this MicroPython tutorial available on the M5 Stack YouTube. Handle known exceptions in a more elegant way in Python in this quick Python tip, suppress known exception without try except post by Christopher on TowardDataScience.com. Les P. in his Tuesday tooling post discusses Glances, a cross-platform Python-powered system monitoring tool that packs a lot of data into a small package. Check it out at BigL.es. Check out an interactive map of the Linux kernel at makelinux.github.io slash kernel slash map. The number of CircuitPython-supported microcontrollers and single-board computers grows every week. There were two new boards added this week, the Odroid XU4 and the Odroid XU4Q. Are you interested in adding a new board to CircuitPython? Check out the Adafruit Learn system for a series of guides about getting your board added to CircuitPython and CircuitPython.org. There were two new Python on hardware related guides in the Adafruit Learn system this week, including Learn how to build a simple physics-based LED hourglass gadget using two small LED matrices and CircuitPython in this guide from Carter Nelson. The number of CircuitPython libraries is 257. This includes both the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the CircuitPython community libraries. There is one new library this week, Adafruit CircuitPython AHTX0. There are also a number of updated libraries. As always, visit circuitpython.org libraries to download the latest Adafruit CircuitPython bundle. Included in this week's updates from the CircuitPython team, with the work on the ICM20948 library completed, Brian moved on to finishing up the previously started tester code. Testers are the final arbiter of a board's fitness to be sold, so the tester code is where we make sure we've tested all of the hardware on the breakout board. 
We can fix libraries later if we've missed something or haven't enabled a feature. However, once the hardware ships to customers, that's how it's going to be for as long as they own it. Testers, and the code that powers them, are responsible for catching any glitches in manufacturing that, while rare, do occur. Making sure the tester code is right is in some ways more important than the library itself. Dan is continuing the re-implementation of CircuitPython underscore BLEIO on host computers using the Bleak Python library. He's using the heart rate monitor library as a test and had to implement most of underscore BLEIO to get even that simple library to work. He had to make some changes to the base Adafruit underscore BLE library to accommodate Python on the host machines, and he's testing now. On the STM32F405 Feather, Jeff has finished SDIO read and write code. The performance is better than SPI, especially when you are moving more data around. However, even just writing a log file in text, you can log over a thousand lines per second. This is on a fresh class four, four gigabyte SD card. He's not sure how performance changes as the card fills up. This code is in an open pull request on GitHub, so if you're comfortable building CircuitPython from source, you can give it a try today. Next, we want to bring SDIO code to the SAMD51. However, all the existing Adafruit boards use SPI. Hopefully this breakout, made from an SD card adapter, will let him get the prototype working. Melissa was working on catching up with some of her smaller projects. One of the projects she really enjoyed working on was writing a couple of demos for an e-ink bonnet. Since she didn't actually have the e-ink bonnet, she assembled one using the Adafruit Perma Proto hat for the Raspberry Pi, along with an e-ink breakout and a few passive components that she had on hand. One of the demos she worked on went out and fetched weather data and displayed it on the e-ink. This was a little challenging in that using too small of fonts would result in reduced readability, so she needed to experiment with font size, boldness, and the overall layout, and it came together nicely. The code is based on the Pi Portal weather code, but it uses the Mediocons font, which was inspired by Dan Cogliano, to display the weather image, so there's actually no graphics involved in the traditional sense. FlaskCon is a community-driven Flask event being held July 4th and 5th. Flask is a micro-web framework written in Python. Call for Papers is currently open. Visit flaskcon.com for more information. EuroPython 2020 this year will be an online conference from July 23rd through 26th. Attending the conference days will require a ticket and participating in the sprints will be free. Check out ep2020.europython.eu for details. PyCon AU has announced they are holding PyCon Line AU in August. Check out 2020.pycon.org.au for more information. PyCon India 2020 will be held online from October 3rd through 5th, 2020. A call for proposals is now open through the 14th of August. Visit in.pycon.org 2020 for details regarding the CFP and the conference. Translating CircuitPython is now easier than ever. Translations make the project more accessible to a broader range of folks. Adding or improving translations is a great way to get started contributing to the project. With the help of fellow open source project Weblate, we're making it even easier. You can create a new account just for Weblate or sign in using other sites like GitHub, Google, or Facebook. If you write another language, 
visit adafru.it slash translate cp, sign in, and start translating. Looking for more Python on hardware all week? Join the Adafruit community on Discord and check out the Help with CircuitPython and CircuitPython channels. We're over 20,000 strong and continuing to grow. You'll find a supportive, positive community filled with like-minded folks. Join at adafru.it slash discord. And that is your Python on hardware news for this week. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe to the newsletter or tune in again next week. All right. Thank you, everybody. That's our show for the week. We're going to leave you with this moment of Zener, a little bit of music and more. See you next week. Bye, everybody.